Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. Blurg. Today we're talking about the next two episodes of 30 Rock Season 1, The Aftermath and Blind Date. I wonder what hilarity Liz Lemon and gang will get up to in this season. We're going to discuss it ad nauseum, and uh, we hope you're along for the ride. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out, unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. We're currently watching 30 Rock, because why not? It's a stress relief for all of us and just a masterclass in beautiful network television. So, despite the fact that it's not super memorable, let's dive into episode two, The Aftermath. What are thoughts you would like to share? So, interesting episode. The main highlights were... First of all, someone has used the clip of Jenna Maroney just randomly bursting at a song on Tracy's stolen yacht as a comparison to the Imagine video that Gal Gadot and all these other celebrities put out in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. And they were like, this is totally something Jenna Maroney would do. Oh, Where it's just like completely ineffectual, an opportunity to (laughs) sing and show my talents, but actually does nothing to benefit people (laughs) in any real way. The people People happen happen to. Um, So. That video was. Did you watch it in its entirety? No, I couldn't. Did you watch it on the Imagine video? I couldn't possibly. It's amazing. I saw the hate for it before I even saw it, so I did go in discolored by the internet's rage before the ability to actually summon and craft my own. You need to watch the whole thing because there are like surprises, like Will Ferrell trying to be like really sincere, and then James Marsden like blows out his little part, and then other people are having trouble. You can tell Nora Jones is embarrassed to be there. It's much like she wasn't kidney now. <laughs> oh my god, much better. <laughs> Oh my god, he needs a kidney. kidney. No, he doesn't need a hand. He just needs a kidney. A hand would be an even harder thing it's... to give. Milton Green, Milton Green, Milton Green, Milton Green, Milton Green. He needs a kidney. Don't ask why you could die if you don't call today. Call today. Mary J. Blige. And then Cheryl Crow. I'm the only one that's sober, or sure, I'm the only one that's drunk. She's just like, no, well, Cindy Lauper's like, I'm one of the drunk ones. (laughs) And thanks to her psoriasis medication, she's doing so much better. If you watch anything on like Hulu or with a, you know, you get to see the same ad 47 times and she's like, I'm clean for four years, nothing on my arms. You're like, okay. Thank you. Cindy Lauper? Yeah. Oh, see, I subscribe to Hulu without commercials. So do I. So I don't know where I get trapped seeing her. It could be on VH1 anyway. Potentially. Uh, my account was just hacked for the second time this year. Um, not by Russia. It was Russia earlier this year, though. Um, this time it was uh, somewhere in Florida. Goddamn. Someone just needs to cut that state off. How do you find out that you got hacked? Because I got alerts on my email that I really have ever checked because I only use my work email. And it said, hey, these new devices logged in from wherever. And then they're like, hey, they updated your contact email to an email that's not yours. So then I had to call Hulu. And they're like, oh, man, we're just so sorry about that. I was like, like it's fine. It's chill. Like, I'm not going to yell at you. Let's just fix it. And they fixed it in like 30 seconds. He's like, and you're going to get a, a survey asking how good of a job I did. I was like, I mean, I got my account back. How much better of a job could you have done? I'm not going to be like, oh, wow, he, he stuttered a little bit, so he doesn't deserve a job. What kind of capitalistic nightmare are we living in? 
Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Don't even, Don't even get me started. started right now. I can't even do it. No, Poppy, no. Don't do that. You know, I don't like it when you do that. I don't know what yours is from. Um, my mind. <laughs> Suddenly there's a Poppy in the room. It's like when I realize that I can only do accents of the female equivalent. So I can do like, you know, stereotypical Latina. And I can do Southern Belle. Uh, but I can't do like Southern Gentleman. Or like... Ricky Martin. <laughs> I was like, I even knew. Outside, inside, out. Living la vida loca. You just did it. Amazing. Amazing. Never Ami- been done before. Amazing. Amazing. It's from our names. Publicity. All right, we are not two people with one brain. So, we are on the 30 Rock episode two. The aftermath. <laughs> yes. What is the aftermath of... I don't know, the episode one, I guess. <laughs> so Jack, it's the Jack aftermath. It's the aftermath. <laughs> that was a joke. Oh my God. Thanks, Captain Guys. Obvious. Uh, it's the aftermath of Jack taking over as sort of head of NBC and micro- programming. <laughs> micro- West programming. Coast. Just the West Coast. Yeah, he'll get the East Coast someday. Even though he's on the East Coast. Is it East Coast programming? It might be East Coast. We'll check. We'll double check. Truth with it. This is the most important element. And it's just sort of about the staff grappling with Tracy Jordan entering the show. So the girly show posters are taken down to be replaced with TGS, where Jenna is sort of sitting on the S to the side and no longer a major player. And we sort of see the early stages of what will develop into a highly toxic relationship between Liz and Jenna. At this point, it's relatively tame, knowing what we know about their relationship's trajectory. This is sort of early stages, still grounded in some semblance of humanity. And it's about Liz being the caretaker of Jenna's sanity as she spirals out. And requires constant confidence boosts from Liz and the world. So um, it's also interesting that Tracy is having difficulty with the cue cards because that's something that comes up in later seasons about whether or not Tracy is hooked on phonics. <laughs> Just leave that for you guys to decipher. Oh boy. So many layers. Anyway, they. Not, not that many layers. <laughs> One layer. Not as many layers as you have on. <laughs> I run cold. I, and I run hot. I'm a we complete each other. No, and I run hot because I'm full of hot air. So know? true. If you self-burn, you, you, you prevent them from burning you. That's what I learned. Thank you. Uh, the bar is just so low. So everyone gets mad at Liz because she talked smack about them to Jenna <laughs> and then to Tracy over recorded devices that everyone could hear at all times. Which is like a funny bit. Where yes. initially it was her... On the microphone that everyone could hear, lambasting Tracy, and then her on the video chastising Jenna and and everyone else. And both times, which is just like, it's like when you're having, trying to justify your actions in the room with both people who are affected. It's just like, I imagine it as you cheated on your wife with your girlfriend and both of them are in the room and you're trying to console both of them simultaneously. And it's just like, very tricky to do. Don't put yourself in that position, obviously. (laughs) Never be straight. <laughs> Gosh. Who Problem would? solved. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Jenna's kind of paranoid and neurotic. Pete thinks that everyone's an idiot. Tufer's just afraid of black people. And he's like, which one's Tufer? He's like, the, the black, black one. Yeah, no. It's funny. The show is comedy gold. Somebody it's, said there's like 10 jokes per minute, but I don't know if that's true, but it's all It feels like it. It's very dense. And 
I think we should break down like our favorite jokes of the episode for each episode moving forward. I'm like, I'm not afraid for that. So then we go on a boat. Tracy says he's going to fix everything by letting everybody on his yacht. Rachel Dratch is there for a second. Oh my God. During the... <laughs> Poor Rachel Dratch. Culturally appropriating yeah. a Latina person. It is... Comforting to know how much our society has changed in the 14 years since this was aired, um, because that would not be permissible in today's television landscape. But Rachel Dratch, I feel like the first, they should retitle the first season to Poor Rachel Dratch, because she went from playing Jenna's character to just like these bit culturally insensitive parts. So Liz finds her hiding, and she's like a stowaway on this yacht that we realize Tracy's actually stolen. Um, this is after Jenna gives us that musical I was going to say, do not skip over some folks like to get away. away. Oh my God. On a holiday. It's like, is this really a song? Which is just like, first of all, Sari looks like she's the same age as everyone else. What do you mean? Like, she doesn't look that much younger than like Tina Fey and everyone. Are you on drugs? <laughs> she is obviously in her early 20s and Tina Fey is in her mid to late 30s. She looks great. Saray. Saray. I do like that she's grinding up on Kenneth. Which, and Frank says, what a waste. I know. Because Kenneth is asexual or gay. The fact that they, like... Excuse me. He has a relationship with Grace Park during one episode. And then he dates Hazel Wasserney. Which makes absolutely... What I'm saying is that makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) He's eternal, so he can do whatever he wants. I do love how batshit it got towards the end. <laughs> but no, this is the second episode, or the third episode, so we won't get there yet. We're on the second episode, so. Yeah, the aftermath. Yes. Obviously. Sure. Um, but this is a theme that will happen throughout the show, where Jenna just bursts into song, um, just to turn the attention back on her. A move that I respect and wish I could replicate more easily. I feel like I've done it three or four times already today. And then I immediately joined in with you. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm pardoning this as well. Tell me by myself. Just two people singing. So then the <laughs> cops come and she realizes that it's not uh, Tracy's boat and they need to get off of it immediately. Yeah, which much like Arrested Development, both pilot or semi-pilot episodes are on a yacht. Weak connection? Yeah. My yeah. favorite part is that Frank takes the food tray with him. I don't know how he's going to get off of the boat with it, but he grabs he's it prepared. the bag, Which is something I would do. Like, but what's going to happen to all this food? The sushi? It's going to go back home, oh, into the water. Right. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that <laughs> With that poor extra, just like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Which reminds me of Big a little bit. You guys have seen Big. <laughs> Tom Hanks. I'm aware of it. He ends up at, like, a fancy... So he's a 13-year-old boy who's been um, sprung into, like, a 30-year-old's body. Yeah, which is, like, a fucked-up premise. Because he has sex with... An adult. Elizabeth An Perkins. adult lady on top of a bunk bed. But he ends up at one of their work functions, and he tries, like, caviar, and he puts it in his mouth, and he's like, ah, and he's like, ah, and spits it back out. So I thought it was very, a callback to that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, big, and him just being like, ah, <laughs> You should watch that. Even just that moment. I still have to, I have to watch Soap Dish, and I have to watch Big. You didn't watch Soap Dish? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. We'll catch Even you. though, <laughs> even though Robert Downey Jr., early days, is such a dish. Such. Have you seen the video of him walking with um, Carrie Fisher? And Carrie Fisher is just like smoking a cigarette and it's for E.T. And she's just like, nothing matters in this world but being so fucking hilarious. And Robert Downey Jr. can't even keep up. And it's like, boy. No, but Carrie Fisher's in Soap Dish. Is she? Yeah. It was probably from Soap Dish that they did the E.T. Wow. <laughs> did you ever watch E.T. back in the day? I don't uh, want to ruin our Soap Dish podcast, but there was a woman named Yeza Gibbons who was a correspondent. <laughs> Do you know who she is? Yeah. 
You do? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. L E E Z A. Lisa Gibbons. Yeah. Love her. <laughs> Whatever happened to her and Mary Hart? That's well, Mary Hart will live forever. Um, but she was she was cast off because she got too old, right? I don't know. I feel like she might have got off into a religious cult or something. I don't know. She was very perky. <laughs> she, I know. She definitely did like uppers, downers, all the bit. You know, opium to get them going, and then narcotics to take them down. And the old MGM cocktail. There's they call a piss it. in there you've probably seen. Costas Mandalore. Who's Costas Mandalore? Oh my god, he was on Picket Fences. Gorgeous. He's in a Me Too moment with Gary Fisher. Um, Casting couching him in Soapfish. Uh, brutal. No, I have not seen his penis. Oh, look. I bet you have. He's gore. He was gorgeous. He's old now. Yeah, but like, just because they're gorgeous doesn't mean that their penis is readily available. True. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> so true. I, it's like that one hit deep. That one hit different. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. And a crying shame. Like the crying game where you did see a penis and it was a major plot point. So there, so there, Person everyone was at me inside my head, not in real life. I know it's like in the shower when you prepare for all of these arguments that you will never have. This is my opportunity to relive them all in real time. Endless conversations that never will take place. Ooh. So that's pretty much the episode. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the first season, Tina Fey herself is like, we really didn't hit our stride, and you can sort of—I mean, it's still hilarious, and the show is still eminently watchable and funny, but it does have that like early few episodes after the pilot where the network isn't fully funding you because they're not sure if you're going to be like a commercial success and everything just feels like a little tinny and you know it doesn't have the full richness i know but then we go to episode three which is hilarious oh my god blind date from start to finish it's really funny yeah it's just a rocket's good time (laughs) so the episode starts with Frank, how many bears did I tell you you could have? You could only have one bear, Frank. She's like, obviously Tina Fey's in a really bad mood. Someone did her Sudoku. Jack calls her upstairs and says, it's obvious that she's never been touched. (laughs) Neither by massage or human. You're just like, oh my God. And also major quarantine mood. Yes. And so he offers to set her up on a blind date with Thomas. And she resists in the beginning, and then she says, fine, fuck it, I'll go for it. And then later on, he's like, what are you going to wear? And she's like this. He's like, here's some money. Go to a women's clothing (laughs) store and buy something. And this is the beginning of their relationship as sort of mentor-mentee, where Jack becomes the caretaker, much like Richard Gere and Pretty Woman, initially, where it's like, here's some money, buy some new clothes. But one that is never... Except she's not a prostitute, and they're not going to have sex. Okay, so yeah, there are minor deviations, <laughs> okay? And that all... It's nothing like that at all. He must have been in love. But I lost it somehow. Roxette, where have you gone? Uh, so, off we go. She comes out. The writers well, are having their poker game. First of all, why did Tina Fey agree to go on the date finally? I don't know why. Because she's choking in her apartment. Oh, yes! On, like, a hungry man meal. Hold on. That's a healthy choice, motherfucker. That is way too small to be a hungry man meal. So she's watching Deal or the No Deal. The Connoisseur. Hell yeah. Let's dive deep. She's it is watching... a Marie Calendar's No, once again, Marie Calendar's is... Calorically, way too much. Tina Fey is on Weight Watchers. That is a healthy choice meal. So I'm learning so much. From she's you. watching. De- well, this is my life. She's watching Deal or No Deal while doing a Sudoku puzzle while eating a healthy choice meal. Okay, her happy place. Okay, until she dies. Yeah, my, standing up eating because why would you sit down? Because you don't want to sit at a table by yourself. It's a horrible feeling. It's better for digestion if you're standing. 
Or splayed across a uncovered mattress, as I often do. Oh my god. I must not even get into our personal eating. <laughs> as I went to the kitchen to grab like my fourth handful of chips and refusal to get a bowl and sit back down on my yeah. bed today to eat them, I'm like, I don't think other people do this. But anyway, moving on. Do you not yeah. just bring the bag? Why don't you just bring the bag? I'm trying to monitor myself a little <laughs> bit. Like, I... I'm going to gain weight and during this time, and that is what it is. I'm just trying to like not have it all happen right now. But anyway. I've gained 5 to 60 pounds <laughs> so far. It has been... First of all, I'm not even official quarantine. These are just my two days off. <laughs> like, I'm still essential somehow. Like, I am essential. The government done fucked up. <laughs> I'm sorry. You've been trying to restart this for forever. Not true. But so she has to heim like herself. Uh-huh. Which happens many times over the episode. She chokes again later with... Um, Have you ever choked? Yes. But not... Yes. 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 What was your choking experience? Okay. Good question. I forgot. So I was like 11 or 12. I was really mean to my mom for most of my life, continuing on to this day. And um, <laughs> I was home from school, which means, of course, she can't do anything. I don't want to talk to her, but she can't be on the phone. Because, yeah. you know, anytime your parents pick up the phone, you're like, I need you right now. Um, and I was just like that. Like, I hate you. She'd come into the room and I would leave for like a year. I, at one point, she's like, you either going to talk to me or you're going to live somewhere else. And I was like, mm-hmm. um, so I was home from school sick and we had a toaster oven. I made a bagel and unbeknownst to me, some plastic from the bagel had melted in the plastic oh, bag. No. And so my mom's on the phone and I'm choking literally. And I'm like, you can't make any noise when you're really yeah. choking. And she's talking on the phone. She's like, literally says to me, fuck off. I'm on the phone. I'm like, and she's like, seriously, I'm talking to someone. This is work. And I'm like, Ugh. so she's like, fuck. She throws down the phone. She gives me the heim. Like I spit it up. We cry. I tell her to go fuck herself. And I go back to my room. <laughs> And she saved my life. Oh, <laughs> The bond of motherhood. Now, I've choked on a mint many times because I always have a mint on my mouth and I'm talking and I'm like, oh. Yeah. But not like near-death experience only one time. Did now, where the mint just like shoots out of the elevator, like with Lizana? Now, the mint has shot out of my mouth and like hit things before. Yeah. For sure. Um, I have never, <clears throat> thankfully... <laughs> I've never thankfully choked. Um, it is a great fear of mine, though. Add it to the list. Sidebar, I'm shocked that you asked me if I had a choking experience when you don't have one to draw on. That seems like growth, doesn't it? The bar is so low, there's nowhere to go but up. It's a whole new New world. A whole new Nick. I've been watching too much Zoe's playlist where people just break into song for no reason. Let's fucking do it, man. Um, No, when I, um, at lunch one time, when, because I went to a school where there was a sort of like out, Side concrete area where you could eat. So just, <laughs> so just like a school. What magical school is that, Nick? I've never heard of such a place. This sounds like prison. We go out to the yard. <laughs> um, it was called Oz. So. <laughs> no challenger, no. I was just eating and minding my own business, but I was laughing. And some. I was, in, I was in seventh grade, and one guy apparently thought I was choking. That was very short. I did not go through puberty until, like, last year. So, in seventh grade, I was, like, four foot nothing. I could have been a gymnast. And this dude just, like, hoists me up and starts giving me the Heimlich. Out of nowhere, evidently because I was guffawing too intensely. One of the many times my guffaws have gotten me into trouble. And so then I start, like, choking because I can't fucking breathe because he's giving me the Heimlich. And I'm like, put me down. I thought it was a weird hazing thing. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I thought um, I thought you were choking. And all I remember from that moment was like, oh, my God, he called me man. <laughs> he said man. Because <laughs> I was like, hella gay, had not gone through puberty yet. And I was like, oh, my God. Jesus. 
was so skinny. Uh, so he so was skinny. not hitting on you. He was hitting my diaphragm. <laughs> Two rim shots in one <laughs> Wow, just fucking rim me, man. Um, no. <laughs> anyway, so she, she comes back, Tina Fey, and she has a new outfit on, and Pete says, Wow, you look like a fancy prostitute. <laughs> that was my favorite line. One of my ones that I quote often, too, inexplicably, is the Frank's in a porn. How would you like a woman to act? Like she's in a porn. She's in a porn. I just love the way he fucking says that. Ah, I don't like Frank as much as a character, though. Now or ever? Or ever. Yeah. Because we did like the fuck, Mary kill, and I killed him every time. <laughs> I think that was a consensus. Yeah. So then she agrees to go out with Thomas. After she chokes, yes. yes. Who turns out to be Stephanie March, a.k.a. Alex Cabot. What makes Jack think we're lesbians? She's like, well, I am lesbian. She's like, oh, right. So they have a great time, right? They laugh. That's not memorable to me. I don't remember what happened on the actual date. They were just doing like straight. It was like the typical, you know, the typical gay straight dynamic. Um, someone once confused me for a lesbian in ninth grade because I had very, I had very, I had like Dorothy Hamill hair on crack. Like okay. if Dorothy Hamill had been doping. That's kind of what I have right now, but that's exactly what happens. She says, no one's ever mistaken you for a lesbian before, and they flash back to Liz with the gym teacher. She's like, don't let these people tell you you're not okay who you are. And then they're like, young man, clean your teeth a little better. And they're like, what an adorable a little, little lesbian. lesbian. Yes. She's so like, funny. I mean, I don't know who remembers that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> who thinks about that stuff? Um, so they go on a date. It's successful, as far as like a friendship date. They don't like bang it out. At the same time, <laughs> back in the writer's room, so much Jack and Tracy have taken over the nerd poker game. poker game, where they usually play for nickels. Jack's like, well, we better go home and get you, tell your dad that you poison play. What does he say? He had some great accent work, much like you do every he day. is really funny in this episode. He's like, you better put on your big, big yes. boy pants, because this is a man's game. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> See, this is the benefit of having watched all of the things that women prescribed homework mere minutes ago. I'm right there with you. The brain just starts to fail at some point. So then they're playing, and... It's um, like Chernobyl. Cranial Chernobyl. Pete bets with his wedding ring. Which, I've always, this has always bothered me. When you're doing things like this, where you're no longer dealing with money, or... Like, some people use conch shells as a form of currency where it's just already agreed upon that this is how much each conch is worth. How do you equate a wedding ring versus, a, versus an Emmy versus its actual monetary value? How are these even bets? Who's keeping track of that? I, where guessing. is the math? It just super bothers me because it feels like there's an inequity afoot that's not being addressed. And I want some justice. This bo- like Every time I've ever seen this in every show, it's just bothered the shit out of me. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm guessing Hornberger's ring is worth like fifty bucks, and the <laughs> Emmy is worth thousands, tens of thousands. To but if you, I would pay tens of thousands of dollars for an Emmy. I'm like a one one hundredth of the way there. <laughs> I have a hundred dollars, and they all have terrible hands. Frank has like an ace yeah. high. I think they like their actual hands. I was like, yeah, they're not super pretty. They're not going to become like models. They've been washing their hands. And they're not good. <laughs> Fucking eczema. Um. No, and then Kenneth enters, and he cannot be read by Jack, for he has no thoughts. It reminds me of that Buffy episode where she gains the ability to read people's minds, but she can't read Angel's mind because he's a vampire. And it's just, like, beautiful silence. That's what I imagine Kenneth's mind as. 
Cool. <laughs> I just thought I'd share that with you guys. We were just giving everybody a minute to absorb it. Yeah, it's, it's hella deep, I know. So then the next day she comes in and all the writers are giving her crap. Like, how did it go? What'd you do? What's, did you show them your feet? Like, did you let them all this? Which the feet thing becomes a continual trope. But then she turns around and she's like, it was a lady. That's the funniest line. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Love it. My... I think my favorite line of the entire episode, I don't think she performed it as well as she could have, Stephanie March, but it's still hilarious, the writing. When she's exiting the bathtub and she has to say, careful, careful. Um, I use it all the time. 30 Rock is one of the shows where I take humor from the show and pass it off as my own constantly. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Yay! So, like, the wall's about to come crashing down. <laughs> that was a wall. It just came crashing down. Guys. So, Liz realizes that even though she isn't a lesbian, she doesn't want to be alone. She goes back home to another Deal or No Deal episode and another... Did you ever watch that show? Sure. I mean, it's not as good as Gold Case, but... <laughs> what is? With, with Johnny Mac? Oh, my God, Yes. The model dying of the heavy gold case. And so she calls um, Thomas back up to see. So she calls Les Moonves? <laughs> calls, calls Thomas back up to see if she wants to go eat dinner with her because they are lonely. Uh, she is lonely and she doesn't want to die alone. Now, this is where we get to the exciting part. So she gets off the phone with her and she falls down and she makes some weird noises, right? Yeah. And so when I was looking things up, did you do you guys know who the great lady is who fell? No. Okay, so that she based that moment off of this moment on YouTube that I'm going to currently play for you. <laughs> if you're at home, look up Grape Lady Falls, or um, you can just listen, but it's two women um, stomping out the grapes. Oh my god! And um, let's see. If this... It's a lot of fun, a whole day. Stop! <laughs> the sounds that she makes are amazing. That's where Liz got the idea for those. Oh, she was in so much pain. Oh, oh, oh. I think we gotta play one more time. It's only like 12 seconds. It's really like my favorite thing that's happened in a really long time. <laughs> the newscaster so like she's like she's really hurt ouch it does sound like she was really hurt it really does but if you listen now back to the episode when she falls in the apartment she goes oh 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 <laughs> and it's, I was like I've never heard Grape Lady Falls and then I was like oh I have seen this but I forgot how intense it is and how long <laughs> like I'm not laughing because she falls because that's terrible but it's the sound I gotta hear <laughs> it's like when I'm um, it's like when my friend ate too many gummies that turned out to be weed gummies and just lost her fucking mind. And I look back at her now, I'm like, oh my god, she was so scared. <laughs> she was, 
She had no idea what was happening to her and she thought she was dying. It's just like, oh my god, the fear in her eyes. How comforting were you to her in this time of need? Not at all. <laughs> um, no, actually, in the moment, I was very comforting. But looking back at it, like, immediately after she got out of it and recovered, I was like, oh, I feel better. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you were so scared. <laughs> you thought you were dying. And I kind of did, too. A little bit. Which then... Remind me not to call you during any stressful situations that might be on our way. No. Karma got its comeuppance. Uh, the devil got its kiss from me when, not too long ago, one of the last times I've ever smoked weed, which I've talked about often because it's a story about me, so obviously I'm going to continue to repeat it. Um, I was with my friend Caitlin, and I also thought I was dying, and I was about to come down, and she was like, I was really scared. I was about to take you to the hospital. I was like, oh, and we're back up. And I had to call my dad to, like, rescue me. I was 26. <laughs> So we just left. She Liz went on, on the, the floor wailing. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. And so then she and Thomas go out again, but we don't see it. But they become Oprah and Gail at some point. Yeah. They also go hard into the stereotypes of lesbian life and lesbianism and lesbian women. Explain. Well, just just like... They were basically one shade away from being like, let's rent the U-Hauls and move into a house that we built ourselves and I'll give birth to two fully trained golden retrievers. Sorry, I don't know. I didn't see that part of this, so. I don't know. It was just like a lot of like, you know, we're going to the craft show or we're going to all these. Who's going to go to the cooking class with you? Exactly. And when Tina Fey is like, why do you think I was in a lesbian? She is wearing exactly what Ellen wore during her entire original stand-up tour. In the early 90s. Jack's like, those shoes are definitely by Curious. It's <laughs> like, I'll make sure to change that in your file. Yeah. Which, I do love that he's just completely nonplussed and just like, I like to have a dossier on everyone's everything and sexuality is part of Ziggy it. Ziggy from the cartoon Ziggy. He's <laughs> <laughs> working flashcards. I love it. I love it. It's just such a deep show. So good. But also has just like, it has so many depths and so many layers. It's like the Mariana Trench of TV shows, but it also has so many stupid fucking moments, like my comparison of the Mariana Trench to the show. So then Thomas says no to her proposal to be best friends and says, I can't be around you anymore. And Liz says, that's what the men always say. And then a guy at the bar hits on her, and he's like, if by, you know, this you mean that, and by that you mean bedroom. She's like, I can see your wedding ring. Gross. Yeah. Hilarious. Then we go back to the final poker match. Which is now, he shelled out a lot of money for this entire poker thing. It's on the green room stage, right? It's got a shrimp made of shrimp diving into a bowl of shrimp, <laughs> yes. a.k.a. every wet dream I've ever had. Cocktail sauce? does love shrimp. I love shrimp so much. Do you? Much. Yeah. I like, it, I like it mostly as a vessel for cocktail sauce. It's like, do I like the fry or the ketchup more? Or do I just appreciate something that I can dip into the ketchup? Yeah, because the answer is fry. You know, I'm not sure that that's true for me. You know, I cannot like a, relate for I do not enjoy ketchup or cocktail sauce. Wow. Or anything tomato-based. Interesting. Um, why are you like this? Such a good question. I ask myself that every night. Not always about the ketchup, but... Just about things in general. No, I'm a very saucy person. Uh, I'm just, like, super saucy. Um, especially recently, I never used to, like, ranch. Now, fuck me up with some ranch. Do Put not start down the ranch train. Do you not like ranch? No, I'm just saying it's a... It's a you can't conduit to hell. Yeah, yeah, 
I was like anything severe. <laughs> I feel like I only eat. I mean, I'm not a crudite person either. I don't want like chopped up vegetables with ranch. I don't know what else you. Eat. It, it doesn't make anything you eat better. Ranch like, for you. Oh, like if you're eating vegetables and then you just sloth them in some ranch, it's gross. What else are you gonna put in there? French fries, great. That's terrible. Potato chips, what? Nothing comes with ranch that you're like, yay. Wings, better. Oh, I don't eat those either. Pizza. Pizza, ranch, amazing. Correct. Yes. <laughs> killing it. It's killing us. <laughs> you know, I eat such weird things. I'm not the person I talk to. That's right. Plus, ranch is so infrequently vegan. You if can ever. make a vegan ranch. Yeah, it's but like vegan A's exist. You know, but like, why would you? I don't know. You know, I wouldn't. I want it. I just want it. I just want it. I just want it. Unlikable things about Julie number seven: <laughs> veganism. But you handle it in a very cool way, where most days I forget you're vegan. <laughs> Other days, I wake up with a start, and I'm just like the vegan. <laughs> oh yeah. So wait a minute. Wait. 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 <laughs> Don't At some point, me. when Jack is talking to Liz about her bicurious shoes, he talks about Kenneth and the profile that's been done on him. That his middle name is Ellen, which just is the best. Mm-hmm. And he's from Stone Mountain, Georgia. And that he's an extroverted introvert with aggressive tendencies, which is what Jack is also. We're not Myers-Briggs people. We tend to be Enneagram people. Mm-hmm. What Enneagram number are you? I kept talking with a question that made you keep talking. <laughs> the extrovert, one intuitive, there it is. and aggressive. No. And then, okay, so anyway, the poker happens, and I don't know what accent Jack is trying to do. Is he trying to do Georgia? He's trying to do, like, the Stone Mountain Georgia accent. What a little Kenneth Allen Paul serial. It doesn't sound Southern at all. It just sounds weird. It sounds serial killer to me. (laughs) First of all, as someone who never goes South. um, You know what somebody from Georgia sounds like, though. Haven't you seen Steel Magnolias? You know, I haven't. (laughs) See, I just... You've never seen Steel Magnolias? No, I've seen a magnolia tree. I remember. Mag- I mean, I don't even know who you are. I remember Magnolia Davis or whatever, the drag queen with the super swordfishy nose. Would you call that woman eggplant or an aubergine? Shut up, Clary. Oh, my it was God. Magnolia Crawford. Yes, Magnolia Crawford. Magnolia Crawford. Because, like, when I think of noses that I'm attracted to, anybody at home who hasn't seen Steel Magnolias, press pause. Go watch Steel Magnolias and come back. Nick, you may leave the room. Right. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Steel Magnolias is amazing. I'm not trying to steal your Magnolias. It is my dream. One you of can my, have your own Magnolias. It's a free market. One of my... No, steel. Like, metal. Not it was making stolen. a joke. Oh, what's funny? <laughs> There's nothing funny about not seeing Steel Magnolias. <laughs> one day, I will do a one-woman production of the entire Steel Magnolias on stage for myself. Okay, so... And I will play all the parts. Isn't Julia Roberts in it? Yes, isn't Julia Roberts in it. Oh, my God. She plays Shelby. And Julie Roberts is that uh, toothy girl from Mystic Pizza. You've seen Mystic Pizza, but you haven't seen Steel Magnolias? No, I've no, seen Parks and Rec. Mystic Pizza is also fantastic. Is it about. Well, yeah, because Jenna did a uh, one woman show about Mystic Pizza, right? It's a musical, it's not a one woman show. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Nothing like Julie. I have super. And you haven't seen it either? Steel Magnolias? Yeah. No. Okay, well, we're not leaving until this show watches it. Because it is, and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to say every line while they say it. I'm going to hold my juice like Shelby. Oh my God. I'm down. Here, hit this. Have a chicken pin count and give the eye teeth to take a wagga weezer. 
Oh my God. You know, being gay has more responsibility than just looking at fucking dick pics all the time, okay? But like, I look there at so history. many of them. I look at so many of them. There is not a dick I have not seen that belongs to a famous celebrity. Unless they're not famous yet. Dylan McDermott, hot as fire in this movie. Tom Skerritt. He does not have a dick pic out there. Good for him. Did you ever see it's a Thanksgiving movie with him and Holly Hunter? Oh, I love it so much. It's directed by Jodie Foster. Home for the Holidays. No, I have Anyway, seen, I'm going to stop talking about good movies that people don't watch. <laughs> I have seen The Piano with Holly Hunter and Harvey Keitel and a young... Where you got to see his penis! Mm. <laughs> no, but I actually saw the whole movie. So. <laughs> I've actually seen films. I don't even think The Piano is in, like, in the top hundred gay repertoire of movies to see. No, it's not. Um, my wheelhouse is more like... Coded old Hollywood the, movies. Oh, really? Let's see. Did you see All About Eve? Have you seen Bobby yes. Dearest? I don't believe yes. you. Is that true, Emma? He has seen All About Eve. All right. Have you seen Bring Up Baby? Have you seen Our Second Old Days? Who have you are seen? You? Yes, of course I have. I have Turner Classic movies. I'm over 40. <laughs> yes, I've seen all those movies. Those are excellent. That's my wheelhouse. Alfred Hitchcock. I grew up on that. And Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. <gasps> Which takes us back to 30 Rock. Good <laughs> job. Because. <laughs> They talk about her first three boyfriends, or their most recent boyfriends. One was obsessed with Charlie Chaplin, and that was Neil. Yeah. We don't know Neil, though, right? No one likes a Neil. He never comes back, No, right? Neil's not a real person. And then it says, um, the other one played Halo under the name Slutbanger, and that was Dennis. Of Which, course. goddamn. He was also in Oz. Oh, yes, he was. With his brother. Um, and then there was a gangly red-haired guy who played guitar all the time. Conan. Conan. Which was a great running <laughs> joke. But yes. Who is, who is Conan O'Brien, and, and why does she cry so much? <laughs> so Jack beats Kenneth Elm, Paul Sale, and Polka, and makes him put his page jacket on the table, but he lets him have his job back so he can come in the next day and clean up all the shrimp shells. And in five years, what's going to happen with Kenneth Elm? We're either all going to be working for him or dead by his hand. <laughs> How many gemstones would you give Blind Date? I would give Blind Date, Blind Date a Date. Ooh, I think like 89 gemstones. <laughs> 89 gemstones. Yeah, yeah, gemstones. It's not like, it's not the highest caliber, but it's so good. It's so very good. It was a really good episode. It was a really good episode. considering the first season, as you said, doesn't really have their feet under them yet. Yeah, if you're just watching 30 Rock um, because of this podcast, <laughs> which I'm sure we've done such an amazing job at priming you for this exceptional journey, keep going. Because the first season... Looking back is quite funny, but it's sort of like Parks and Recreation, where if you're live watching it for the first time, it doesn't necessarily grab you, and it's not until retrospectively that you're looking back after you've grown to love the characters that you truly enjoy it. It's still good. It's still funny. The second season is amazing, as are all subsequent seasons thereafter. So, stick with it. Thanks, Nick, like, stopped looking at people, looked straight ahead, <laughs> went into podcast mode, no longer was speaking with me or Emma, just you at home, so I hope you enjoyed that, because he was not talking to us. Will you? Little Kenneth Allen Parcel from Stone Mountain, Georgia, growing up in your mama's tract house, dreaming of working on a TV show, dreaming of making it all the way to the NBC. You're scaring me, Mr. Donaghy. You've come a long way, haven't you, Kenneth Allen, with your cheap loafers and your page jacket, but you'll always be a pig farmer's son, boy, because I smell fried bologna all over you. I'm all in. 
Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank.